please be seated. Amen. How many of you ever wished, 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 went into Mexico, do what Texans do? No, I'm kidding. Um, so how many of you wish that, that you ever, that, how many of you have ever wished, I should just start over. Hi, my name's Larry. No. How many of you have ever wished that you could just start over? Anybody? Just like clean slate, nothing there, nothing, nothing, you know, you didn't bring anything with you. I, I've had this thought before. I know this, this won't ever happen, but sometimes this may not be you. I tend to collect stuff. Does that happen? Anybody? You know, we, we have a shed. If I walk carefully, I can get from one end to the other and and, and that just tends to happen. I just tend to, I, I just hate to get rid of stuff. I, sometimes, sometimes I've had this thought, wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be great if like we could just move to a new house and not take anything except for the TV that I just got for Father's Day? Okay. Uh, you know, that, that we just, just, just start with nothing. And, and I've, I've had this thought before. You know, I, I thought, you know, it, it, if I were all alone, and move to a new place, I think I would want to do it like this. I think I would want to move in with nothing, maybe a sleeping bag and a pillow. And, oh, yeah, who said that? That Yeah, yeah, my coffee pot. Um, wow, I, I nearly messed up big time there. Thank you. Um, with nothing but my coffee pot. <laughs> and, and, and live for a week, and at the end of the week, say, okay, I think I might need this and then get one thing, and then live for a week, and, and just, just to see how minimal I, I, I could just be. I, I've always thought, just, just wouldn't, it, wouldn't it just meet, be neat if we could just start over? Just, just nothing, don't bring anything with you, just start over. Well, I, I, I wish I could do that in life sometimes too, just with stuff. That just, just start over. Uh, unfortunately, uh, if you're all like me, this, this is the way it is. If I were to try to do that with my physical things, there are some stuff I would just want to bring with me, right? Coffee pot. I wouldn't mind starting over with a new coffee pot. That would be okay. But, but man, I, I mean, I've got a shed full of stuff that I just couldn't get rid of it. And, and here's, have you ever done this? Have you ever cleaned out your closet? Three hours later, you're, you're finding stuff. Oh, I forgot I had that, you know? Oh, man, this is neat. Go in my shed, open a box that haven't been opened in three years. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I've got that. You know, I, I can use that. And I start, like, playing with my toys all over again, you know, those kind of things. And, and so sometimes we get to that place in life where we're like, I just wish I could start over. I, I just want a new beginning. I, I just want just start all new. Unfortunately, with life, we tend to do what we would do with our stuff. We want to bring some stuff with us. We, we want to start new, but, but we, we, we tend to want to bring some of that other stuff along. And, and, and I think of, it's attributed to Albert Einstein, the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting a different result. Yeah, you know, it didn't, didn't work the last 20 times, but by golly, this time it's going to be different. I think I've actually heard some people say that to me before. Well, new beginnings is the opportunity that God was giving the children of Israel as they got ready to go into the land he'd promised them. 
We're in Joshua chapter 5, verses 1 through 9 today. And, and they, they've crossed over the Jordan. Remember, God did that, that other miracle to remind them. Remember, it was reminiscent of, of the Red Sea that, that God stopped the water flow in the Jordan, that it he, said it heaped up um, upstream from them, and that the entire nation of Israel crossed on dry ground. Remember the, the stones of remembrance, the memorial that God told them to take from the river and to, and to set up on the other side in Gilgal. And then Joshua had them take the rocks from there and then put them where the, the priest's feet sat. Uh, what a neat reminder that is. Yeah, I could just see the dad telling the son, son, right there, you can't see it, but right there, there's 12 stones in the bottom of that river to remind us that God allowed us to cross over on dry land. And so now they're there. Now they, they are at the edge of the land that God had promised, and they're getting ready to go and possess the land that God had given to them. But God needed them to do one thing first. Before they went in the promised land, they needed to leave something behind. So let's read, if you'll look with me. This is Joshua chapter 5, beginning in in verse 1. Here's what he says. And, and by the way, I, I just want to warn some of you parents right now, I'm, I'm going to provide you with a teachable moment with your kids later on. You can teach them what circumcision means. Yeah, that's your job. Chapter 5, verse 1. You're welcome, by the way. Um, as soon as the kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan to the west and all the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea heard that Yahweh had dried up the waters of the Jordan for the people of Israel until they'd crossed over, their hearts melted. God's already provided. God's already made the way for them. It says their hearts melted, and there was no longer any spirit in them because of the people of Israel. At that time, Yahweh said to Joshua, which is funny, because Yahweh said to Yeshua, is the way that that reads in the Hebrew, um, Yahweh said to Yahweh is salvation. If you remember, that's what Joshua's name means. That's pretty cool. Yeah, every time someone said Joshua's name, he's like, oh yeah, Yahweh is salvation. That's right. Make flint knives and circumcise the sons of Israel a second time. Now, let me clarify that just a bit. These people weren't being circumcised twice. This is the second time that the nation of Israel as a nation, was called to be circumcised. Remember the first time, it was right when they came out of Egypt. But now, they've wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. That generation is gone. And and we'll find out, it says a little bit later, that this generation had not, well, verse 4 it says, and this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. All the males of the people who came out of Egypt, all the men of war had died in the wilderness on the way after they'd came out of Egypt. Though all the people who came out of the land had been circumcised, yet all the people who were born on the way in the wilderness after they'd come out of Egypt had not been circumcised. So so here's a generation that had not been circumcised. And you're like, you know, what a weird thing, right? I mean, they're getting ready. God has provided in amazing ways. God has shown himself as faithful. God has shown himself as powerful. In fact, all of the people in the land that God had promised to them, they don't even have the heart to fight right now because they've heard what God has done. And God says, oh, before you go, as a nation, the men need to be circumcised. 
And you're thinking, what a small, I mean, why? Why? You see, here's the thing. Circumcision for them was a sign of the covenant that God had made with them. Circumcision said, we are people of Yahweh, the one true God. It identified them with God, the one true God. And and they had come out of Egypt, and they had a lot to leave behind. Now, these people didn't come out of Egypt. They were born along the way. But as a nation, they had a lot to leave behind. God was going to provide for them a new beginning. In fact, this is really when they became a nation that began to solidify as they wandered in the wilderness. When they were in in Egypt, they were just slaves. They were just a people, the Hebrew people. Now they are becoming a nation. And as a nation, God wanted them to, in a very definitive way, a very obvious way, to identify themselves as people of God. And you're thinking, well, couldn't they just say that? (laughs) You know, couldn't they? I, I suppose. Here's what I know sometimes, though, is that Sometimes God asks us to to take a very visible step when we follow him. Has that ever happened to you before? Think back to to if your your salvation experience, if it includes a a time in, in a church. What probably did you have to do to make your, your, like kind of to nail down your decision to follow Christ? Do you remember what that was? You, you came down the aisle, and, and you prayed probably with the pastor or with someone down front and nailed that down. Unless you're like me, a little bit on the stubborn side, and I held out for the longest service that poor little church had ever known because the evangelist had gone through every invitation hymn, one time with the words and then one time with just music, the whole time saying, I know there's one person God's dealing with. And I'm like, he's going to call my name. I know it. But even for me, that was a Sunday night. The following Tuesday night, God got a hold of my heart again. And it was a very visible thing or, or a very, uh, I, I guess, a, a nailed down thing. I remember distinctly uh, in my room, I was staying with my aunt and uncle for the summer, but I had my own room that at 11 o'clock at night, I went in there and I knelt down. I didn't know, I didn't grow up in church. I didn't know how this is supposed to work. I just knelt down by the bed, not knowing how to pray, and just just started praying, and the Holy Spirit just took over. Now, I I say this only partially tongue-in-cheek, that uh, I I confessed my sin. I knew you were supposed to do that. I don't know how long was spent confessing sin, and I don't know how long was spent just praying um, but I didn't come out of there till two in the morning. So three hours, I had a lot of sin to confess, I guess. I don't know. But nailed it down. Now, for some people, they, they come to faith in Christ. They grew up in a Christian home, and, and, and they come to the, the faith in Christ maybe in a different way. It's not so dramatic for them. But, but I do know that there are times where God wants us to, to, to take a stand in a, in a very definitive way. And that's what he's asking for the people here. That that they need to leave some stuff behind. Listen, don't think 
don't think that a lifetime or 400 years of idolatry goes away in one generation. Don't think that that happens. <laughs> when, when they were getting ready to cross over, well, they've crossed over into the Jordan, when they're getting ready to go into the promised land, God wanted them to, in no uncertain terms, say, we do not identify with the gods of Egypt. We are people of Yahweh, the one true God. They had to leave some stuff behind. That's hard, isn't it? Think about this. Think about if you were going to move tomorrow and everything that you had, you had to leave behind. I know some of you are going, I, anything but my computer. Some of you are going, that's the first thing I'm leaving behind is my computer. Uh, anything but my coffee pot or my coffee machine. Anything but. We would all have the, well, I can leave anything but behind, right? Maybe, maybe it's my pictures that, that, that are not digital and I would lose them forever. God, God was calling the nation of Israel to leave everything behind and to have a new beginning to identify themselves with him in a very distinctive way. They, they were distinct among the people, not just in the area of circumcision, but they worshiped one God, the one true God. I, I love the way that, that God ends this, this last part. After they had, had done that, it, the Bible's just fun. Um, let me read for you verse 8, just because this is funny. You can explain this to your kids or grandkids if you've got them with you. And on, this is good lunch conversation. Um, verse 8, when the circumcising of the whole nation was finished, they remained in their places in the camp until they were healed. I can imagine. And Yahweh said to Joshua, today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. And so the name of that place is called Gilgal to this day, which gives the idea of rolling away. It's a play on words. But what he's saying is you are no longer identified with anything of Egypt. You're identified only with me. Let me, let me tell you just a couple of things. Not, not a long message today. Um, I, I apologize, and I'll make it up by going over next week. I won't. Two, two things that, that I want to tell you, and these are not, this shouldn't be earth-shaking revelation for you. But it's things that we just forget as we go in life. Here's the first one. You can't stay where you are and go where God wants you to go. Did you know that? I know, huh? Some of you are writing that down. You can't stay where you are and go where God wants you to go. Now think about this. This is the nation of Israel. They were getting ready to go into the promised land. They could not stay where they were and go where God wanted them to go. You can't do that physically, but you can't do that with life either. I don't know how many times I've counseled people over the years, and it's usually women because guys going in for counseling is a lot like asking for directions you know they're just not going to do that 
And, and, and it goes something like this. It'd, it'd be a woman saying, I always end up with the same kind of guy. How come I always end up with the same kind of bad guy? You know? Because you haven't left that behind. You know, I, how come I always end up in the same place? How is it that, that no matter how hard I try, I always end up in, in the same place? And, and it's because we, we just have trouble leaving some of those things behind. Listen, it, it's, not, it's not really complicated. In order to have a new beginning, you have to leave the old behind. Do you not like some things in your life? You've got to leave them behind. Okay, all right, I, I get that. Okay, I get that. And then you're still watching the same stuff that you watched before. Well, how come I'm not changing? <laughs> you know? Uh, I, I'll, I'll, I'll pick on this because mo- most of us don't, don't deal with this. This would be the younger crowd. They, they keep listening to the same music that they've been listening to, and they wonder, how come I'm not changing? They keep hanging around with the same people that they were hanging around with before, and they say, how come I'm not changing? In order to have a new beginning, you've got to leave the old behind. We forget that, or we don't want to. Have you ever been there? Has that ever happened to you? You're like, my dad was stubborn. Cynthia is so glad that I'm not like him. <laughs> to, to a fault, man. I'm not making this stuff up. And I, and I loved my dad, by the way. God really did some cool stuff the last couple of years of his life and reconciling my relationship with him. He was so stubborn. Do you know when he quit smoking? When the chemotherapy made him sick from smoking a cigarette. Nobody was going to tell him quit smoking. Nobody. Do you, you know when he quit drinking? When he moved back to his hometown and then remembered that they didn't sell beer there. <laughs> he, he was stubborn. He, and, and he knew, I mean, he knew that, that things like that, you know, the doctor told him, um, right after mom died, you know, Tom, you, you got to quit. You, know, you got to quit. Nobody's going to tell him what to do. Now, now, he wanted things to change. He just wasn't willing to change what he was doing for that to happen. And, and we get that way, don't we? Aren't we that way? I mean, how, how, many, of you, how many of you would love to have a 100% healthy physical body? Anybody? How many of you willing to eat tofu for that to happen? Now, I know, I know, I, 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 I know somebody thought this. I'll add tofu to my diet. <laughs> Bacon will flavor that stuff right up. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> How many of you are willing to give up everything else you eat and eat tofu to be healthy? Have you ever had tofu, by the way? It doesn't taste bad. It just doesn't taste at all. How many of you, now this would get me, I, I'm, I'm going to make it hard for me. How many of you be willing to give up coffee? I know, the ones of you don't already drink it, don't you? are not fooling me. 
I'll give up bean sprouts too, but, you know, I actually like those. Um, isn't, isn't that funny? I, I remember uh, a, a while back, I might have edged back up. I haven't gone to my physical yet this year, but first time ever, a doctor looked at me and said, Larry, you need to lose some weight. And I'm like, really? Yeah, man, I was skinny most of my life. Hard to believe, I know. And, and he said, if you'll lose some weight and, and start to exercise, we can probably get you off some of this medicine that you're taking. And so I lost some weight. I lost like 20 pounds. It wasn't quick, but I lost 20 pounds and went back to the doctor, and he's just going on, you know, looked, he saw all the stuff on there. I thought he was going to say, hey, boy, he did good, you know. And, and, and so he's just going along, going along, and it's getting toward the end of the visit. And I said, wait, wait, wait. I said, didn't you say if I lost weight, you were going to get me off of some of this medicine? He said, well, I probably said something like, if you lost weight and began to exercise. Have you started exercising? And I said, just give me a new refill. <laughs> we want things to change, don't we? I would love to be physically fit. Again, I'd love to have a six-pack instead of the whole keg, you know. I'd love to be able to do a little bit of exercise and not be winded anymore. For those of you from Texas, you're just going to have to deal with it while you're here. But I told someone I'd been here a while, and I said, man, I'll be glad when I acclimate. They said, that takes three weeks. I've been here 15 years now. Um, I said, well, then how come I'm out of breath? They said, that's called out of shape. And, and you know, we're, we're like that with our physical health, but we're also like that with our spiritual health. We want to be close to God, don't we? We want to be able to hear the whispers of God. If you're like me, sometimes I'm tired of getting smacked, you know, the Denozo slap up against the back of the head when God wants to get my attention. I'd love to just, for, for God to just, just give me a tiny little nudge instead of a kick in the seat of the pants. I'd, I'd love to be in that place. And, and I think we all do. We all want to be close in our relationship with God. We all want to walk with God just like Jesus did. Jesus, he prayed all the time anyways, but it wasn't because there was some big crisis in his life. He just liked hanging out with his father. Jesus knew the word, not because he was the word, but basically he, he immersed himself in Scripture even as he walked this earth. All of us want to be like that, don't we? Well, if we want a new beginning, we're going to have to leave some stuff behind. You're going to have to give some stuff up. You can't move into a new house and bring the old stuff with you. Let me just read to you a, a few scriptures here, and we'll we'll close with these. Philippians three twelve, the apostle Paul tells us this. He, in fact, this is the first passage I ever preached from, back in nineteen eighty three. That some of you didn't gasp. I, I know that just that doesn't seem like that long ago to me, but when I say that to my kid, that was in the Stone Ages. That was last millennium. He says this, chapter 3, verse 12 of Philippians, not that I've already obtained this, or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Isn't that cool? 
He says, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, the apostle Paul had a lot of junk that he wanted to leave behind. He had been a persecutor of the church. Because of the apostle Paul, people had died for their faith in Christ. He was responsible for their deaths. He had some junk he wanted to leave behind. But earlier in this passage, we find out he had some stuff that he might have wanted to take with him. He was a Hebrew of Hebrews. He was blameless as to the law in his own words. He was of the tribe of Benjamin, the favored tribe. Paul was somebody in the religious world. He might have wanted to take that with him, but Paul said, no. You see, I understand this. If I'm going to go where God wants me to go, I've got to leave that stuff behind. I can't have a new beginning and bring the old stuff with me. And then he says in Ephesians chapter 17, or chapter, if your Ephesians has 17 chapters, you've got the amplified version. Chapter 4. Verse 17, now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. We are Gentiles, by the way, most of us. But we can't walk the way that we used to before we came to Christ, is what he's saying, in the futility of their minds. They're darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greed, to practice every kind of impurity, But that's not what you learned from Christ, Paul says. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. And then here's what Paul says that we have to do. He says, put off your old self, which belongs to the former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. And be renewed in the spirit of your minds. And put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. We've got to leave the old behind. And finally, he says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away and behold, the new has come. You want a new beginning, but wouldn't you just like start fresh and clean with God, wouldn't you? Well, let me ask you, what's keeping you from going forward with God? Is, is there something that, that, that's tying you back, something that's holding you back? Another way to ask that is, what do you need to leave behind? Is, is it a relationship? Man, I talk with teenagers about this a whole lot, and it's hard, man, it's hard, especially in a small town. I've told my, my girls since they were little, listen, you, you really need to be careful who you surround yourself with. And what that means is there may be times when it's a lonely road for you. Is it a relationship that you just need to, to leave behind? Those are hard. Is it a habit that you, you just need to say, you know what? Every time... Every time I decide that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go forward with God, every time I decide I'm going to start over, this thing just yanks me right back. Maybe it's a hobby. <laughs> and maybe, maybe every time you say, you know what, God, man, I, I want to walk with you 
like you want me to. I want a close relationship with you. And, and maybe every time you do that, you've got that hobby or whatever that is, it just kind of sneaks its way back in in front of God and gets between God and you. Or maybe it's a dream. Maybe, maybe you say, you know what? I want to. I want to walk with God, but see, I just figured. I just figured by this time in my life, there, I wouldn't have to do anything. <laughs> I've learned from you. When you retire, you are so stinking busy. <laughs> um, I don't have the energy to retire. I say that, and I'm going to keep saying that. But but maybe maybe you said, you know what? I just, I just thought I would get to the place where I could just relax. That, that's always been my dream. Get to Cloudcroft where 87 is hot, and that's only for three weeks, except this year it happened again. I don't know if it got up to 87 yesterday. It's always been my dream. Listen, can I just encourage you with this? God... God wants to begin anew with you. And, and I don't know if, if you ever thought about this, but you can start new with God every single day. It's hard with earthly relationships because, because whenever you hurt somebody, they have trouble forgetting that, don't they? Um, counseling with couples, especially the always and never, boy, that'll give it away every time. Somebody's keeping score when you say always or never. But, but see, it's not like that with God. You can really start new with him. Paul tells us that, that the way that we came to, to, to relationship with God is the way that we walk in him. And it's by grace he did all the work through faith, us trusting in him. And, and we talked about this in Sunday school if you've gotten away from God just a little bit, there's not like a 12-step program to get back. You know that? It's a one-step program by grace through faith, just the way you came to him in the first place. So today, let me just encourage you. Can we all just today say, God, I just, want, I just want a new beginning. I just want to leave the old stuff behind. And I just want to start fresh and new with you. Do you remember what it was like when you first came to faith in Christ? Do you remember that? Man, I do couldn't shut me up. I know what you're thinking. You can't shut me up now, but it was more Jesus-centered then. He just couldn't shut me up because he was changing me. He was making me a whole brand new person. Nobody had to say, you know what? You really ought to be reading your Bible. I wanted to. I wanted to hear what he said. Nobody had to say, you know what? You You need to get involved in a church. I wanted to be around other Christians. I needed that encouragement. It was, it was refreshing for me. Don't you want all that again? Don't you want that anew? Don't you want God to work in your heart in new ways? Well, you can have that today. You simply got to leave the old behind. And just start new with him. If you've never done that,
If you've never come to faith in Jesus, if you've never come to the place where you were able to call Jesus your Lord, or like the second grader called it, my boss, um, you can do that today. There's no magic prayer. Uh, There's no list of things you have to do. You just simply believe. That's the way Scripture says it every single time. Not that you know with your head, but you trust with your heart. And he'll change you. (laughs) I heard somebody say, and, and it's true, that Jesus is either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. And if you realize that he's not Lord at all, then you can come to faith in him. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you love us. God, I thank you that that you never stop loving us. You never stop pursuing us. And God, as we we look at Joshua, as he's now ready to lead the nation of Israel to, to possess the land that you promised to them. God, you made it clear in your word that you've already done the work for that. They simply have to obey. And for them, it was was leaving the old behind. And God, there's some of us that need to do that this morning. We just, whether it's a relationship, a habit, a hobby, or or a dream, that we, we just need to leave that behind. God, I pray that you would give us the courage and the ability to do that today. God, we know that sometimes even when you call us to obey, that we have to rely on you for the strength to do that. Today, God, I pray that for every single person here, God, you, could, you would give us a new beginning. We could let go of the past and walk with you in a new way, in a new day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.